Hello and welcome to the Hunt High Carvers podcast with your hosts, Jason Hirsch and Joel Rayther, where we bring you everything from training tips to nutrition, as well as industry leaders and those from the field to better enhance your hunting experience. And now, without further ado, welcome our hosts, Jason and Joel. And here we go. We're off and running. We're here. We have had a little pre-show run-up to this uh, episode. Pretty excited. Um, having a, a friend, someone that uh, I met a few years back on the show today and uh, in their new headquarters, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we have Garrett Bowen on the show today. I'm here with Jason, my cohort, as always. Scotty over fashionably here. Fashionably late. Fashionably late, yeah. Uh, Scotty still on the ones terrible. and twos, which is awesome. But, I still uh, look terrible, but I'm... It's the camera. It adds 10 pounds. Oh, okay. Relax. <laughs> so anyway, Garrett, how are we doing? Good. Good to have you. Good to be on. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, we tried to we tried to get it done before uh, Garrett lived in Denver for, uh, what was it, like two years maybe? Two years. Yeah, two years. About two years. And uh, we tried to get him in studio, but he had like a job and then he had like a kid and then, you know, they're just <laughs> then we, getting away. Then we moved back. And then he just said, you know what? I'm going back. I'm pulling the plug and I'm just going to, you know, hit the road. So he's back in Idaho, but that's all right. Um, so we're going to, uh, he's get... doing recon for us for when we go out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some, someday. You guys got just, bags cause it's gone. just text, text <laughs> me that honey hole when we're done with this. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but want to get into some different things. Obviously, um, I know he's not in frame, but Justin is there with you as well. And um, there's a little bit of a backdrop of, of their new place. You guys kind of just, in fact, I think it was just yesterday, right? You guys kind of released a little preview of your new uh, headquarters and, and editing shop there. Um, yep. maybe let's, let's start there. I know, uh, you guys post a little story on Instagram, but, um, I think it's always good to talk about, you know, what was the, the brainchild behind that. And now it seems maybe a little more official that you guys can, uh, make some things happen. So this, this all started, we had the, or Justin had the idea to do it, um, a couple of years ago. It was just kind of, he had some remodels to do inside his house that he had bought and then, he wanted to focus on getting something done with his his barn out back um, behind his house, and I think what really did it is one of the kids, one of his sons, accidentally threw a baseball and smashed one of his 32-inch monitors. So <laughs> that really kind of lit a fire underneath him, and he's like, "I'm getting something done out there so we can be out of the house." <laughs> and then, uh, so that, that kid needs some training. Started. I know a guy. Yeah, it, uh, it all kind of started. Um, I was just getting ready to move back to Idaho, and he was getting ready to take off the whole entire roof um, of this existing building and put new OSB down and basically waterproof it in because it was just tin over over the trusses. So it was pretty not flimsy, but to kind of dampen the noise and completely waterproof it, keep the dust out, like. He did a lot of work to it and did some rebracing on the on the frame, like existing frame of the building. Um, he did a, a huge list of things before I got back to help him out, and then um, I helped insulate the roof. And basically, I sanded on a our juniper column for about 13, 14 hours, and that's basically <laughs> did the rest. <laughs> 
Hey, that's all right. He just, he just picked on it, you know, when he got off work during the weekdays and in some long weekends. And I would say just over a month, he he did most most of it in just over a month, uh, kind of the final stuff. So we, it has been a long time coming. Like we um, saved some of our uh, our hunting money that we get throughout the year and kind of help pay for some of the costs. Um, and since we're both using it and I'm here, basically I might as well just live with Justin because I'm here so much, but it's super nice to just kind of escape the outside world, come in here, start a fire and sit down. And we've already been able to get so much more work done than having like, you know, uh, our editing space being in the house with right. a bunch of other people always around just a lot of distractions so yeah it's really not out here and unplug and, and get to work yeah well i know that i mean like i've, I've pinged you i don't even know probably countless times they're like i'm sure when your phone buzzes you're like what the hell's he want now um, <laughs> where i'm like hey uh what do you what do you do for this what do you use for this and so and i think that i i can now sympathize with that because i'm like in the neophyte phase of you know, trying to like sort through all this stuff and learn how to get better at, at a lot of these things. And you guys, if you go to you guys' website, if you look at any things that you guys have done in the past, you know, four to five years, um, you know, I think that there's, first of all, there's a craft to being able to put out good quality hunts. You know, it's not that easy. And I can remember talking with you one time, you're like, man, uh, you know, we were, you were going to go on here, like, it'd be nice to just, you know, do a hunt where you just hunt and that's it. And so talk a little bit about, you know, for, for you guys, maybe that process, you know, and I know that maybe you came in a little bit, you know, somewhere in the middle, but I know from your kind of experiences and Justin's experiences, like how you've kind of developed into what I think, you know, you guys have a style, if you will, of, of how you portray hunts, like talk about that. Yeah. Um, I'll just kind of started like when I first, got introduced to Justin. Um, I'd always had like some sort of passion. I never imagined it would be what it is today, like where I'd be at now, but always loved to do photography and like take, I just had that kind of creative eye as far as outdoor photography. And it's just kind of been like a second nature thing and it wasn't ever forced. And then once I had met Justin and we went on a hunt together and he, I had already previously saw what he was doing with the filming stuff and I was just so intrigued and just kind of dove headfirst into it. And he was a phenomenal teacher. Um, and he has been, he's self-taught editor, um, self-taught filming. Like all of this is all self-taught YouTube university kind of stuff. And it's the uh, best way after I would say like after the four or five years that I was, I'd, always go sit down and help him edit like i didn't know how to do any of it i would just be like a secondary input basically when we were doing projects or editing a film and just watching him go through a film and see what it took to put together i think really helped with um what the two of us wanted out of filming hunts and like now it's we can go on a hunt and we barely even have to talk to each other on on what we want filmed or how we want it shot. Like, yeah, we always bounce stuff back and forth between each other, but there's no like, well, why weren't you in focus? Or why wasn't the audio mic on? Just like little stuff like that. Um, So we, we, 
how to mesh really well when it comes to filming hunts and it's it's a ton of fun and then last year um we got so overwhelmed with the amount of hunts and footage that we would get in a year that i was like you know what i'm gonna buy a computer so i can learn how to edit like i've watched you do it enough and know our style so now that's kind of what i'm really getting into is is the editing portion and really trying to help limit the amount of time we spend on editing stuff. So there's two of us doing it now versus one. And I mean, it, it helps a ton that Justin's right. I mean, he's two feet from me at the desk. So anytime I have a question, I can just wheel my chair over and he can break it down (laughs) instead of me being at home. And he's, you know, at his house, we're right next to each other. So I think that's going to speed up like the learning process of editing. Right. Talk about some of the, the the excess amount of gear that you have to bring on a hunt. Obviously, you, you have a regular pack with your stuff that you need for the hunt. But how much extra equipment are you bringing in in terms of cameras, batteries, you know, Gosh, a bo- lot. bottles of kettle? <laughs> Kettles. Kettle, yeah. uh, it's happy hour, folks. It's happy hour. Well, it's 5 o'clock over, somewhere. But, it's uh, gotten worse over the years, I feel like. Like, when I – when we first started going like the first two years that I was in doing this stuff, it didn't seem like we took near the amount of camera equipment. And then now it's just, it's stupid how much we take. Well, I'm sure it's a lot higher quality too. You're not just dragging GoPros and extra batteries back there. That's the problem is we've really invested um, a lot of money into, into our camera equipment. So we have three Sony batteries and I think, five or six different lenses and we run a two to 600. No, did I say batteries? Three, three camera bodies. Sorry. Okay. Um, all so are you shooting on, stuff. you're shooting on DSLRs? Yeah, we run the, the Sony a seven, uh, three. Gotcha. And then roughly we take mm, 10 to 15 batteries on a, like a 10 day hunt. Yeah. And, if that's backpacking, like these new Sony's have a bigger battery. So mm. 10 to 15, that you're probably four pounds with batteries, right. three to like three, four pounds. And then our big lens, the two to 600 is what? Four and a half pounds, five pounds. So that's an additional five pounds. Or at nine pop- if you're keeping track at home. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. The ounce. So, and then we'll run uh, like a t- like our all-around lens, the 24 to 105, um, that's always on like just a monopod. So you're always that's just a handheld. Mm-hmm. So that's right around five to six pounds there. Um, and that's basically the guy who's filming. He'll always have that. As far as like steady cam stuff, we do the majority of our stuff on the monopod. We don't want to really take any extra stuff, but we have some like spare cleaning stuff. Um, that we always take with us, like lens cloths, right. little puffers, um, clean your sensors, batteries. We always take the wireless mics. Um, if there's going to be any weather, we'll have all the waterproofing stuff to go over the lenses and the bodies. And sometimes you don't even take that out of your pack. So that's right. just like unnecessary weight sometimes. So you're looking at like 15 to 20 pounds of extra gear just for the camera yeah. guy. Yeah, and we usually we usually split that the best we can. Um, cause we flop, we'll go like Hunter one day filmer mm-hmm. and then, you know, Hunter filmer. So we we're switching, but we'll 
we'll offload some stuff if we get like a spike camp um and we'll just take what we need for the day Mm -hmm. um so sometimes like if say justin's filming and i'm hunting he's got the big lens on a tripod on his backpack extra batteries cleaning stuff all the waterproofing stuff and then he's got another camera on a monopod in his hand full time so he's right right there he's probably packing around right around 30 to 35 pounds with just like kill kit um food for the day and his camera equipment right yeah. he's got a camera in one hand and a bugle tube in oh, the yeah. other to help you out what's that he's got a, a, a ca- he's got his camera in one hand and a bugle tube in the other to stay back and call the bull yeah. back in for you that's that's happened multiple times usually like september hunts we like to run in like a crew of three to four yeah so you can have one just strictly dedicated to filming yeah Dustin's gonna get in on this I'm, he's he can't, <laughs> he can't help he can't, himself can't take it anymore he's on it <laughs> how's it going how are you pretty great nice to informally meet you <laughs> yeah well, so but uh yeah well um well uh, welcome aboard now yeah. we're now make it four it's a party mm-hmm. too bad we don't so. have any drinks I know. Well, we Scotty, talked about we need that some before. Drinks. So I thought I could have swore you're ha- having a little yeah, bit of. Yeah, uh... I wish I got to go work after this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, but um, yeah. So I mean, now I think uh, moving from there. So now you get into doing what you do, right? And w- I think that over the years, I mean, I think you probably have learned a lot. Obviously, from you know successes, failures, or whatever. What are some of the things that over the you know the past few years you said? All right, we've evolved. These are the things that maybe have been game changers in terms of improving, you know, what ultimately becomes what you want it to be, which is the experience and the perception that people get when they see something that you put out. You know, I think that's that's the important part. I think you touched on it, uh, you know, there, Garrett, where it's like um, it's there. There's a lot of things that have to go right, and um, you mentioned with you know making sure you have a call designated caller. Like uh, last year, for me, like I can think of you know. It was just Jason and myself. We had three bulls right around us, and I'm holding the camera, and I got a tube in the other hand, and, you know, everything's going haywire. And I'm like, you know what? I got to decide whether I'm going to hunt or film, and uh, we need another guy down here. Right. Talk about some of the pitfalls and things that you guys now said, like, all right, we've kind of got this streamlined. and and You've got a system now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's basically, like, if I – if I ever have anybody come up to me and they're like, what's the number one advice you could give to somebody? It's always, you have to dedicate a cameraman and you have to dedicate your hunter. You have to dedicate your caller. Or if it's just a, like say a spot and stock hunt, you have a shooter and then you have the camera guy. Any try, anytime you try to like limbo that you're not going to be successful. I mean, sometimes you might get it, but until we got to the point where we were, unselfish enough to not hunt that day is when we really started to see our like success as far as the filming side of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough to do because you know, you pull up to say, say you're spring bear hunting and you pull up to a big ridge and it's just like the most epic country. And you know, there's like five bears on that hill. Well, you need to let the hunter glass up the bears so you can capture that, you know, instant, response and what's going on at that exact moment but the second you you drop the camera pick up your binos and start glassing well crap there's yeah, your film's done you know <laughs> right. you've seen two bears already and then you have to try to like recreate this mess 
Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. Like, until you figure out, like, okay, my job today is just the film and whatever happens. And you have to, like, you know, I have to trust Garrett that he's going to get it done. And over those experiences, over, you know, trial and error and hunting together, like, I trust him. Like, he's going to find that animal if it's on that hill. And you just have to, like, go with it. Anytime you try to do both is usually when you don't capture the content. And that's that's what we really try to do with our films is like we hate B-roll. So anytime we can capture it, you know, true in the moment of hunting, like right. most people can relate to that and see it better. Yeah. I think you, you said the word at the very beginning of that unselfishly commit yeah. yourself to not being the hunter that day. I think that's a really yeah. hard pill to swallow. I know it would be it for, for me and I'm Joel, I'm sure you'd be in a similar boat where it's Without like question. <laughs> the whole idea that I can't really carry my bow or potentially put myself in an advantageous position to take an animal would, that is a tough pill to swallow. But like you said, if you want good footage in the moment, yeah. you know, without having to try and recreate something, you gotta, you gotta swallow your pride and do it. Yeah. And that, Especially with how you know, few you, and far between opportunities can be, depending exactly. on where you are. You you go on a week long hunt, you may only be the hunter for two days if you're in a big group. Right. And yeah. when your two days are crap, it's really hard to get lazy on the camera and wanna be a part of the hunt. That's when you're missing, you know, what's really going on and you just really have to have a really tight knit group of guys that you're hunting with and just like trust in them that they're going to do their best and you're going to capture it. Mm -hmm. I think we've done a better job. Like, so I used to, I used to chew Garrett's (laughs) ass all the time because he would leave. He would, he would be so involved in the hunt and it was my biggest pet peeve that I had to turn around and tell him, Hey, film me walking across this Creek or film me, do this, film me, do that. Right. And it's like, you, you have to kind of like beat it into people sometimes. <laughs> well, you got to remember that you're, you're filming, right? Without yeah. having, you know, with, you're in the moment, but you also have to record that moment. And that yeah. can be tough. And we're, I you mean, got me, you got me on young though. I was what, 23, yeah. 24 when I started. And then, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about like the consistency. Like if you go in every day and film every day, like, it could happen or there's a story to be told that day your films will be you know so right. much better yeah. it, when you when you film for 10 minutes one day and then you film real hard the next day like that's when it gets tough yeah but it's definitely you know it, it takes some time to really like just kind of disconnect from the hunt you really but it's it's also fun in a way like i love filming clients because it's almost like when somebody's paying you, like that's your whole thing is just like you're so focused on filming somebody else. And you have to kind of take that same mindset into filming, you know, like on our crew where, where you're not getting paid to go out and hunt. You know, you need that basically the reliability like you're going to you're going to do your job. Right. So what is it like? So, all right, you, you know, you, you film a day's worth of hunt and then you you have to go back into studio uh, or into your, your you know, fantastic mm-hmm. new building now. And then you've got to try and recreate that hunt as you remember seeing it and hope that you have the footage there that's going to mm-hmm. coincide with that idea. Walk us through that kind of process of you kind of combing through the footage and then trying to 
in your mind match up with what you have on film? So I'm a big um, believer in music throughout a film that kind of like sets your vibe, sets your tone mm-hmm. to, to the film. So before I even drop the footage on a timeline, usually me and Garrett, like we come back and it's been a couple days from the hunt and we'll literally just start watching clips and putting music behind it. And you kind of get a feeling like, okay, this is a little bit like dramatic feel like, you know, we weren't, we were struggling. Like that kind of gives you the ideas before you even start laying it out. Mm-hmm. You might have some like really epic, like fast clips that you, you just start thinking about different songs that go in place. And, and once we get a so much of the videos nowadays have turned into series, you know, whether it's a three day, four day series or 10, you know, like shoot born and raised where they're doing the series all season long. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of go into the, the we, we kind of have a mindset that we want to st- we want to do a series and that we're filming every day from start to finish. But if you don't have enough, like, you know, encounters with animals, like we'd rather do one premiere film instead and right. have more of a production value instead of like, okay, nothing happened on episode two. That was right. Trying to tell a story of the right. day where you just hiked your bow around the mountain. Yeah, exactly. And so there's kind of like a, a fine line as far as you know when a series will work and when it won't work like our elk season would would have been epic to do a series but we only killed one elk on film this year september so it's like well we probably better just do a big film so yeah yeah but most of my most of the process is we just i start laying out the whole timeline i get every clip out there and then just start cutting the the starts cutting the ends and really looking at like what I have. And if, if it's not enough, then you have to start really being creative, thinking of voiceovers, thinking of like, you know, maybe starting the end of the hunt at the start. And I like, I like simple, like start to finish films that are just really well filmed that just flow. Mm -hmm. It's easy for people to follow. There's not like this back and forth, you know, crap going on that's that's kind of the style i like that's just engaging but it just depends on you know how much we actually film throughout the day and you gotta try and tell a compelling story because that's i mean what's what you guys are in the business of is telling stories through pictures so yeah exactly but it's you know it's before we even start really editing we're probably watching i don't know we watch our content for four to eight hours worth, you know, just to watch it, relive it, listen to music, you know, laugh, do whatever, just kind of see what we have. And then at some point we just, I usually start them and throw them on a timeline and start cutting them. And, and then it just kind of takes off and you just, I've started, you know, I've edited like the very start or what I try to do is like, if I, if I know I have a kill on this day, I kind of build it from that spot get everything built around that kill and then kind of work in the start, work in the back and kind of build around those major points of the film. Yeah. And and I know like as we start kind of working on some of those things, like I know that's the first thing for me is I, I go back and I start pulling out everything and start laying it out and it becomes like, it can be daunting, right? Where you're going, uh, especially when you have, uh, 
similarities, right? Where you have to try yeah. and fish things out, right? Because you're seeing similar landscapes, similar terrain. And you're like, oh man, like I know somewhere in here was where this happened and whatever. And, yeah. and, and you have to start kind of like filtering all these things down. Um, you know, as, as you guys have now like kind of started to progress, like let's talk a little bit about uh, one of the things that um, I know we had a lot of fun with a couple of years ago was, you know, we went to film draw and um, that full was, draw. or sorry, full draw, yeah, full draw, full film, jeez, full draw film tours. And, <laughs> Who's uh, been drinking on this? Yeah, podcast? no kidding. Right. And uh, <laughs> so, so any, anyway, um, you know, you guys uh, obviously have had a really good presence, you know, from there. And, and now last year, for example, you know, you guys produced the, the film uh, more, more than one pure ovation had, had theirs as well. And then, also the guys from incline which was that was an, an awesome story um talk about that like you know i think that you know that in itself is kind of an, a unique product like how did you guys did you guys early on target that as like hey this is we want to get to you know get on to there like was that a, a breaking moment for you guys kind of thing or a target or an aspiration or how maybe maybe talk a little bit about that yeah so really my biggest like influence to get into filming was the full draw film tour. Um, it's probably been six, seven years ago since I went to the very first one in Boise. And like, I've always seen, you know, hunting shows and you see them on sportsman's and outdoor channel and all that. But when you go to those theaters and you actually see, you know, People's all the reactions. yeah people's reactions and all the cinematography that these filmmakers you know back when born and raised was doing really high-end films and out outback outdoors and jason matzingers and yeah that kind of just like we kind of looked at each other and we're like holy crap like this is the coolest stuff i've ever seen yeah and it it was like overnight it just really clicked and i was like you know what let's try it and let's just see what happens and I think our, our very first submission that we made to the full draw, um, it didn't make the tour, but they ended up showing it at the, the boy, just at the Boise show. It was like the start. Um, they played it right before the main, all the main shows played. And it was just the coolest feeling. Like for the longest time, you know, you look up to those filmmakers and you think, man, they're just like gods. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't see how they do it. You know, how are they getting these shots? Like, yeah, it just, it's almost overwhelming. And I think that's when you really dive into it and you set those goals and, and then as soon as you hit one of those, it's like, it, it kind of puts it in perspective as, as far as like, it's, it's very reachable. And if you have a passion for it and you really want it, you know, to stand out, like do the research, you know, it's, when we first started, we, we just went and had to spend, you know, out of pocket and just bought cameras. And I literally was on YouTube all the time, you know, how to do time lapses, how to, what video settings to do. And yeah, it just really like my drive, you know, came from the full draw film tour. And, and what it's crazy now, because like, you know, Jade, uh, runs the full draw and like we have a great relationship and he's always asking me you know do you got a film in it this year and you know when we were first starting out I was like just I you know I couldn't even talk to those kind of people I thought they were just like <laughs> so above everyone you know it's, right. it's just crazy but yeah 
it just, uh, I don't know, just watching other people. I think that's a big um, benefit to anybody that wants to get into the industry. Like you, you don't have to be like somebody or copy somebody, but yeah. there's always somebody that sets the bar, you know? And so if you find a filmmaker that you're like, you like, you know, follow them, like learn from them. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the things I do is just research, you know, guys that run s certain settings on their cameras and I follow them and watch all their videos. And it's really easy to kind of mimic their shots and, you know, it might be them filming in the city and you just take that to a hunting environment. Mm -hmm. Sure. But yeah, I think our, our full draw stuff, you know, we obviously would love to have a film every year in it. It's, it's a lot of fun and being able to have your family there and your friends and, and get everybody, you know, surrounded around you and all the work that you put in. But the, you know, with, um, Quinn and, and, and uh, pure elevation coming in and, you know, giving us the opportunities to step in and, you know, help them out and, you know, fill their life dreams of making the full draw film tour like it was for us. And I know the pure elevation guys have been in it, in it quite a bit, but sure. you know, for Quinn and that, that story and it was just like a no brainer. Like I felt like we had, we had had our little fame, you know, if you call it that or whatnot, but we, we, we were happy with, you know, our efforts in the last few seasons and like, it didn't matter to us if we weren't on the big screen, but being a part of it was like the coolest right. thing through somebody else's work. Well, and I think that the, the other film with, you know, um, incline and, and I remember Garrett, you telling me before, you know, before it was even out, you're like, wait till you see this, like this story is, is freaking awesome, you know? And yeah. And, uh, you know, so like all last season and of course being as odd of a year as it was, you know, sucks where everyone's sitting at home and it's zoom calls and BS where, you know, no one's out and actually getting that experience, which really kind of, uh, is what it is. And we've all dealt with it, but you know, you, as you mentioned, Justin, it's like, there is such an aura about being in those, you know, those theaters or wherever, you know, they're held and just the feeling of all the people there, you know, the excitement, like, uh, I remember watching, you know, South Cox, you know, the five yard bull, you know, and like the reaction that people get from that. And so I, I remember last year really looking forward to seeing that film that you guys put out with them because, you know, there was just anticipation from what you had told me, Garrett, uh, about that. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting where like, I, I almost to an, to my own fault was like, uh, a couple of the other hunts come on. I'm like, I don't want to see that one. Let's go. Come on. Like, hurry up. I want to get to, I want to get to that one. Right. Um, and, and it's probably too bad for some of those people where, you know, their first yeah. experience, they didn't get to enjoy that kind of response because it is, it's, it's like, it, it was amazing. I remember walking out of there just shaking my head going, this is amazing. Like, yeah. you know, see that yeah. many people there that just it's love just hunting. like any other performance art or sport, right. right. You, you feed off yeah. the energy of the crowd and the people to give you, you know, feedback on what your, you know, what your work is. You know, you were talking earlier about, you know, putting people up on these pedestals and, um, you know, and, and feeling kind of almost like you don't belong, but you know, there is a sense of accomplishment when you do create something, even like you said, you're not on the main stage, 
but yeah. you're still there. You're still part of the process. There's still somebody watching your film. There's still something that you can be proud of. And listen, mm-hmm. not everybody comes out as rookie of the year. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes it takes years for guys, you know, to attain greatness. And right. you know, in an art where you basically taught yourself, or being a self-taught filmmaker, and learning, you know different shots, learning software, learning different ways to tell the story, you know, you get better and better with every film and maybe your next one is the one that, that is the, your creme de la creme where the next generation, uh, like Joel and I are looking up to you guys and going, Oh my God, it's that top priority boys. Like there's, there's no way we'll ever get to that point. Right. We We didn't really figure, I mean, for where it is today, it's pretty amazing to look back and see where we start. Well, I was a little late to the party, but um, from where Justin and Jeremy had started it, it's pretty crazy to what it's grown into now, just through hard work and basic, just dedication and it just being only a hobby. It's pretty amazing what we've been able to accomplish in, in the short amount of time. It feels like a long time when you look back, yeah. but in reality, it's, it's a pretty short time span. It's a lot. You guys got a lot of hours. I mean, every film, every hunt, yeah. I mean, you're, you're pouring in hundreds and hundreds of hours for a, you know, for what a 20, 30 minute video, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it, it adds up at the end of the day where, you know, it is something you can be proud of, but you're right. It is. It is a short amount of time for a lot amount of work. Yeah. yeah. And then you get it done and then you watch it like uh, a year later and you're like, man, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I better. Have you ever gone back and recut a film that no. you were like, you know what? That was just awful. I would, I, I want to redo it. I'm pulling that no. down. Uh, yeah, I don't like going back. I like going back and reliving them just because it's fun. But I uh, sit there and I literally break them down and find out like, I see all these flaws in the editing right. side of it and the filming. Right. I'm a hard ass of the team, so I'm always kind of like well, watching, watching little, these guys. A little bit out. of a perfectionist. It is your art and your craft. Yeah. Yeah, he is a hard ass out in the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so Garrett kind of mentioned before you uh, you, you jumped in that you, you're transitioning. You, you said that you, you got a, a new gig, and and I would anticipate that, you know, based on what he told me, what you did before, it's like, you know, the the next steps, right? Like, what what's kind of you know the goals? Like, where are you guys ultimately hoping to head? I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people as they start kind of navigating these waters, their their mission is like, how do we do this full time, right? Is that something for you guys? Where you know that's your your ultimate progression is say you know we're, we're going to continue doing this and this is going to become our livelihood yeah so so for myself i've always had like this this dream that i would travel the world and film all over whether it's new zealand and alaska and and then make you know and then i'd come home and i'd edit and, and then you know reality hits you in the face and you've got three kids and a wife at home you can't really do that you know, if I was 20 years old and single, then I would be all over it. But I'm, I'm at a point where I want to find, I want to like my end goal would be like working for big companies, doing their premiere films, traveling a couple, you know, handful of times throughout a season. Yeah. A couple times a month, you know, during the hunting season and just being known as a, 
as an editor basically and and a you know a filmer for parts parts of the year um but yeah i've done construction for 15 years and i've just take a took a job being the marketing guy for sns archery and through them i'm going to be able to you know learn a lot about getting people to the website getting people to the youtube channel growing social media that's one thing that we suck at is our social media and you're you're good you're you're good where you put you invest your time you know and and we we do a good job on our films but like we need to be well-rounded and so i think by getting that experience like it's totally new for me except i mean i know how to film i know how to edit i know how to take photos but learning the marketing side of it i think it's only going to help our brand grow and then hopefully you know and whether it's two years or five years or whatnot we have so much work pouring in that we can just do it and go full time yeah well i think you know the thing that you touched on with that and i know in the last like year probably for me and Jason probably he's, he'll probably laugh at me, but um, I've I'm sat back. I'm I've, a little more tech savvy. I, I've I've taken everything from you know watching and and you know doing like seven day courses on you know YouTube, uh, you know improving your YouTube abilities and understanding YouTube metrics and understanding social media and all these other things, right? And I think that the hard part with all of this is that at some level. If you can you can make great stuff. You can make amazing films. You can be you know put out tremendous you know images and videos and whatever. But if you don't understand that piece, it's never going to reach the yeah, end you're gonna, user. You're going to miss right? a whole market. So like he laughs because I'm like I'm watching a YouTube video of some like 19, 18 year old kid who's telling me how to like learn how to do this crap, and I'm like I can't be this dumb, man. I got to be able to figure this crap out, right? Like it's the eighteen-year-old kid going, "Man, I made three hundred grand last year right, by like, putting videos and doing this." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're watching this guy." Yeah, right. Like, but even to your point, there are some good tidbits of information that have helped. You know, some of the videos that we've put up on our YouTube sure, channel, and yeah. it helps you understand the process a little bit more. That there is a skill and an art to social media and how you promote yourself and your products and your ideas. You know, I do it, you know, just from our business, you know, my baseball business where, you know, you got to put stuff out there in order to get people's attention. doesn't matter if it's garbage or not. There's just a certain way it gets presented where people, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the next generation of kids just latch onto it. You know, and that's, you know, for you guys, it's, it's reaching out to the next generation of hunter, right. And trying to get, get more people involved in being outdoors and, and enjoying, you know, the process of the hunt. That's one thing that I am very, like, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to just put out whatever because I'm such a perfectionist. Right. And I think that's where we have to get better at it. Like, okay, I, I probably should have filmed, you know, like us working on the shop, you know, and then right. putting right. a little, you know, like, hey, check out us. We're I was going to say, you're, the, like, the pictures of your new shop were spectacular. Like, the lighting yeah. was excellent and everything. You weren't just going to take a picture with your iPhone and chuck it up on Instagram, were you? Don't, don't, don't tell anybody, but I didn't take those photos. My wife did. <laughs> <laughs> you might be out of a job there, bud. <laughs> She, she does uh, like real estate photography. Uh, she, knows all, she knows the tricks. Like, 
multiple exposures and so we're like yeah come on out babe. we just hand her the camera right so <laughs> she's been a huge asset to our team because oh, yeah. she she's a professional photographer and so like lighting and you know rule of thirds and just little photography tricks well it, it's the same as filming right like it just translates over it's just slower than filming yeah, um, right. <laughs> dramatically but she's she's funny like when you talk to her or we get back she's like i don't know how you guys do that in that environment because it's always on the fly and like in a controlled environment she's amazing and i i don't know if i'd have the patience to do it like it just feels so natural doing it on the fly but it's also 10 times harder like right <laughs> switching right. forth in your camera settings to go from video to photos and then you gotta also incorporate that when you're the the filmer that day you have to incorporate that into your day hey i gotta be taking you know 60 to 100 photos today as right. well so she's been huge on teaching us certain niches that that help our photography end out yeah yeah i think the the one thing i notice a lot with you guys is you you know is you can see the time that you put into that right which is the you know some of those dramatic angles and and you know whether it's uh exposures and, and things like that 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 just have so much more of an effect and, and they they make things pop off of the the screen at you and and it like you said uh, I, i'm a huge believer same thing like like what you mentioned with you know music and stuff like that like you know without question that if you if those things match up it's what sets the tone for people to engage in what you're about to show them or what you're leading them up to or, or any of those things. And, and, you know, some of the stuff is, like I said, I've kind of read whatever it's you, none of those things can be an afterthought, you know, because the, the film and, and the video and all that stuff, it won't carry itself without having all of those things meshed together. Right. Would you agree? It's funny. Like the comments sometimes that we get on our channel, like cut the music out, why would there be music in, in mountains and stuff? Well, it's no different than watching like a really well-produced movie or a series on like Netflix or, you know, Amazon prime. Right. All those people incorporate music into their production. So we're just doing it. It, it creates emotion. Yeah. 100%. With the film. One right. of, one of the, the one things that I took away from, filmmaker was jason matzinger um when we were first starting out and he's like imagine if you went into a closet and you watched a video with the lights off and it had no audio and it was this dramatic scene well it's not going to do much for you but if you go in that room and there's no visual and you just hear this like heart depressing song you're going to bawl your eyes out or you're going to get mad or you're going to get excited. Like music can captivate an audience. So one of our, like, I think our strong points is we will sit on these computers and for five hours straight and just try to find music that fits mm -hmm. like the perfect tones, the perfect beats. And it, it, that's the worst part about editing. Like I, before this podcast started, I've been looking for music for two hours and you might find two songs, you know, it just, and you might not use them for two months. Right. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's just one of those things that that's where we try to value 
you know, our time and our effort is into those little things, you know. We're not so big on graphics and being real snazzy because, uh, yeah, one, I don't know how to do them yet. I haven't spent a lot of a lot of time. There's a YouTube video for that, in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, there is. <laughs> it's about another $3,000 computer setup if you want it to work. Right, 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 of course. All it takes is money, right? All these things are so yeah. attainable with money. <laughs> yeah, you start filming in 4K and you start wanting to do all that stuff, and it's just like, okay, I need a faster computer. Yeah. Oh, with I need a bigger hard drive. I need more cloud space. Yeah. I'm already there. Like I bought a new computer last year, and it's already telling me like, uh, you're out of space. I'm like, gosh, you freaking kidding? Yeah, it doesn't last long. It's it's every season. Every single season, we're getting about an eight terabyte hard drive. A new Jesus. One for each year. Yeah. I mean, oh, 4K one- video is not small files. No, and neither are raw picture files. We're probably 500 gigs on one hunt. Easy. Yeah. Just if you film every day. Yeah, for sure. That's a boatload of SD cards. You've got like 10,000 gigs because he just hits record and then just forgets he's recording. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go go back and look at the footage and there's like a 45-minute clip. I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? The camera's just pointing hey, straight the ca- at the ground. If the camera's on, you can't miss anything, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is going on except for the first like 10 seconds. Uh. <laughs> I've done that when I've worn a GoPro and we go hunt. Oh, Like gosh. for ducks or something like that, I'll press the, the quick, you know, the quick shoot button. And then yeah. I'll forget that I left it on. And, you know, 30 minutes later, I've got a 30, 30 minute clip of just me staring at the logs or kicking the dirt or. You know, picking my nose or whatever it might be. Yeah. Do you get, do you guys use GoPros? Uh, we use various types of cameras. I Not mean, we a have, lot. We have some GoPros that are just for, um, you know, the kind of the, well, the head-mounted stuff and some of the scenery yeah. stuff. No, I, I, I find that for me that I have, like, good intentions where I'm like, oh, that, that could be secondary or whatever. And then I end up finding that it's just, like, the mechanics of – getting them up and running and, and turning it on and off and whatever. And I'm just yeah. like, eh, it's a little clunky. You got to put a lot up on your phone to make yeah. sure it's sitting in the yeah. right spot. And <laughs> so it, it, it rides along in the long. bag a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we played around with them for a while, but once we got serious and filming, we just kind of said, all right, let's just, it was hard to kind of like match colors and, and just the look. So we decided just to bag it, but that's the biggest issue. Like we've been on hunts with guys that they do stuff off their cell phone. Yes, you like it's a great picture. Right. How cell phones have come along these days, but we're like, uh, we've spent thousands of dollars on camera equipment. We're not touching our cell phones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I know you're, if you're invested in it, like you guys are, I mean that's easy. But yeah. for for an amateur out there, you know, GoPro is very inexpensive. A cell phone, everybody's got one in their pocket. You know, yeah. like I just got a new iPhone 12 and, you know, the, you know, they claim that you can shoot in all these different, this, you know, F-stops and, and, uh, um, you know, different zooms and things like that. And like, you know what, for most people, it's probably good enough. If you just want to document your hunt just for your own posterity, that's great. Right. You know, are you going to yeah. make an award-winning film out of it? Maybe. I don't know what kind of editing skills you got, but, yeah. um, you know, I guess anything's possible out there if you've, if you know, if you got the know-how and the, and the manpower. If, if you could literally, as a filmmaker, somebody starting, if you could learn how to film transitions, and that's just clips leading into other clips, 
you would your films would rock yeah, like smash it there's so many films that are out there that a guy's sitting and then the next thing you know he's walking and then he's back, back to sitting <laughs> it's not just a clean wipe from one frame to the next no it, like over the screen flips around in a circle when we used to, when we first started, I remember editing, and you'd have to do that blend, you know, that dissolve mm-hmm. effect where mm-hmm. each clip bled into each clip, and it made it really smooth, you know. And and then I'd see this hard, you know, a hard cut, like, what's this? And you put it on that footage, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> it just jumps. And then until you real you really learn like transitions and how those clips flow together. Like hard clips is what movies, you know, and everybody like that's what the industry does. It's hard clips, you know, hard cuts. And mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's just a it's a fun process. And when you really like invest your brain into it and just go for it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's more yeah. rewarding yeah. We, well, like, when you do it. Most 100%. of our most of our funnest nights hanging out is, you know, we come back in here to this shop and pull up the hunt from 2010 and start watching it and you know you just laugh, laugh at and, yourselves <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah it's just great you know you remember that just just hearing a song mm-hmm. you know we we were fighting stupid copyright claims because oh gosh yeah. and you had to go back and you had to find music that you bought in 2017 and 2016 and prove that you had the licenses for it and once you hear that song, you're just like, "Oh man, I know what hunt that it was." Right, you know, right. Just, you can you can instantly think like, "What clips was going on?" And, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So speaking of fun stuff, what's uh now now that uh, you've got Garrett, you know, out of the clamps of Denver, away from us, what what's on the the docket <laughs> for 2021? Like, what are you guys? Not not that I'm expecting you to spill everything, but like. What are you guys targeting this year for hunts? Are you guys? Uh, yeah, I know you always do a spring bear, right? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're, we're awful planners, first and foremost. So we, we get asked this all the time. We're like, oh, I don't know. We're just, <laughs> we're just doing the regular hunt in Idaho. <laughs> right. So you're like, what? The tag, uh, the deadline's not up yet. What are you talking about? We don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> we're doing a spring bear hunt with uh, Kendall with crispy and yep. black obus mm-hmm. so that's going to be an awesome hunt i've hunted with kendall two three times yeah two or three times and he's just an awesome dude so we're looking forward to that hunt and then we will bait this year as well um my son turns 10 here in a month so he can hunt in the spring nice so we're going to try to get him a bear and then uh We'll just do our normal stuff. We'll do antelope, and then uh, we're talking. We're planning on going to Alaska, but we don't have anything scheduled. So that's one of those things where we should have had it done, but we don't. <laughs> Coke been kind of a interceptor of that too, a little bit. Sure, yeah. oh, I know. We were about to book uh, a moose caribou combo with uh, Steve and Mark with EXO and me and Garrett. And then COVID hit, and we decided to kind of wait and see what happened. We have yet to look back into it, so we're not sure if it's going to happen or not. But yeah, I know that. I think that's the big thing for us is we're starting to try and, you know, you, I think I think that's how a lot of guys start, where you you just hunt with the guys that you hunt with, and then as mm-hmm. you start to grow and you start to meet more people, 
and then you get more into like what you guys are doing and we started talking about this year we're like we got to ex- we, we need we need to expand because number one we want to hunt with more people and i think we all start being very selective with who we hunt with and why we hunt with them and, and a lot of times it is because they're friends or we like this the way that they hunt or um you know whatever that might be and this is kind of the first year for us where we're like we want to start actually, you know, inviting people and, and start asking people to do more hunts um, mm-hmm. because, number one, anytime I can hunt more, I'm always in. But number two, yeah. just kind of expanding our sphere of people that, you know, we want to go out and spend some time in the woods with. So, yeah, that's been, that's been pretty hard. Like for us, we get we get asked a lot and not to be like standoffish, but it's <clears throat> it's hard to say no. Like you want to say yes, but. We already have so much on our plate between the hunts that me and Justin and Jeremy go on that unfortunately we don't, we don't have time for everybody. So it's been, it's been kind of like, uh, not awkward, but it just sucks always saying no. Right. Not that we're like a nitpicky who we hunt with or who we go with. Like we've done project work with other people and it's been a lot of fun, but it's, it's also tough to, take that next leap and just like some dudes ask us and we have no idea like their style of hunting or, you know, if you're five days in, in the back country, what, what are they going to, how are they going to get gonna that dog? Day five of not seeing anything. <laughs> Yelling at the dog. Yeah. You, you tell that the dog, dog back there, man. That's... Uh, you guys want one? Yeah. <laughs> we we, hey, we my, each got our own. Yeah, my eight month my eight month old puppy is sitting outside the door right now. I'm, I'm surprised, surprised he's, he's actually not, not whimpering. To be yeah, honest exactly. Me. So, but um, no. So, what, so, so what then you're we can count is, on you guys for uh, September here in in Colorado. Then, so since you can't say no and you're on the podcast, yeah. you, yeah. Guys, it's, you guys, I, we appreciate it. We'll be we'll see you when you get here. I got a new job that's encouraging me to go into the field. That's so dangerous. <laughs> hey, if you if you front the tags, I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. All right, and that's a wrap. Thanks for joining yeah, us. First today. week of uh, September, we'll see you in Denver. <laughs> that was really the only reason I wanted to get you on. Is I was going to wrap. We just wanted you to in. corner you into that question. So, no, in two I'll years, plane ticket. <laughs> you could drive on down. It's all right. We'll. we'll, we'll uh, I've only. Made drive like 15 times i'm about sick of that drive. <laughs> yeah i mean so but anyhow well uh, we would obviously uh love love to be in the queue and and uh you know sometime i know we talk about as we said expanding you know our hunt our hunting in general um you know hopefully some sometime somewhere down the road um we would welcome that and uh, find find a way where we would end up uh maybe maybe making a camp together someday that'd be awesome we be cool. love that you guys so. uh you guys should come up to Tamarack this year. Hey. Do the, Dude, the Northwest. Twi- twist my arm. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. Let's do <laughs> it. Yeah. So, but anyhow, well, um, we, we're going to let you, I know you guys got another uh, call tonight and, um, Justin, thanks for hopping on. I asked Garrett earlier if you were going to, uh, join us tonight and I'm glad that, you know, your curiosity couldn't hold you back. So <laughs> it's, uh, I'm kind of shy. No, I just I was listening to him about camera gear, and he really doesn't know. <laughs> I had to get on there and put my two cents in. That's fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, the boss, the boss, and, yeah. and we and we appreciate you all for doing it. Indeed. So. Uh, 
But um, thank you guys for, for jumping on. We want to make sure that everybody knows uh, where to find you guys. Obviously, uh, website, go to toppriorityhunting.com. Um, they are on any of the social media outlets as well. Uh, if you look at anything uh, on the Full Draw Film Tour, um, they've done plenty of work on there, not only from hunts they've done, but hunts they've produced. And, um, you know, it's funny because Garrett originally reached out to me on social media. He's like, hey, what the hell do you guys do? Uh, I live in Denver. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how we met. And so it, that, that's that been pretty cool that um, I I don't know if Garrett told you. I mean, we, me and a couple of my buddies helped him cut up his – bull from last year uh that was quite a night <laughs> that bull, oh, that 49 bull. yeah and uh so you know we, we have managed to have a, a little bit of fun together and hopefully we'll be able to do it again in the future but sure. um we appreciate Absolutely. you we appreciate you guys coming on we appreciate your time um all the best and uh congrats on the new spot and uh, hopefully we'll run into you guys down the road great nice to meet you guys thanks for uh having us on boys yeah we appreciate it Thanks again for joining us on today's Hunt, Hike, Harvest podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, and we look forward to having you visit us again in future episodes. In the meantime, follow us on all of our social media outlets on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe and like our YouTube page at Hunt, Hike, Harvest Outdoors, or H3 Outdoors. Have an interesting topic, someone you'd like to see on our podcast, or a current trend that you see in the field that you'd like to see us cover? Email us at hunthikeharvest at gmail.com, and maybe your questions will be answered in a future episode. Until next time, thanks again for joining us. We wish you all the best in your outdoor adventures, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Happy hunting.